0: Today's podcast is brought to you by the letter B. The letter B brings us such words as Bert and Bertcast. Make sure to watch my show, <laughs> oh, Trip Flip, <laughs> June second on Travel Channel. That's all I want you to know. Trip Flip Travel Channel, June 2nd, 8 p.m., double premiere episode. That's my TV show where I take two people on the adventure of a lifetime. You will love it. It is Michigan and Louisiana. We've got big episodes this season. Trip Flip Travel Channel, June 2nd. 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 DC Improv, June 11th, 12th, and 13th. The DC Improv, June 11th, 12th, and 13th. Repetition means remembering. Repetition. Rate, review, subscribe, repetition means remembering. In the name of the Lord, put your hands together. I don't think they ever did like a down. Uh, Today's guest is another in my series of Bert is learning how to talk to interesting people without talking over them. He is... Interesting is not the word for this gentleman. He is uh, one of my favorite comics working. He is one of my favorite human beings alive. He is a stand-up comedian best-selling author uh, and you might remember him from oh such things as The Todd Glass Show uh, ladies and gentlemen Todd Glass
1: this is
0: did you get your, your water? yeah do
1: you leave these open or do you show I
0: just leave them open I leave them open unless the dog unless the ant comes out with my dog. So uh, we're recording. Grab that mic. You just sit right there. Right the there. yeah 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 right there. Uh, what do you think about that glass? It's a pretty great glass to drink water out of, right? Why? Because you- cause I share a lot of your eccentricities about life. Oh, you do. Yep. Oh, you
1: know what?
0: Like I- like I like a glass of water out of a pint glass that belongs in a bar. It makes me feel like put it on the table next to you. Oh okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh
1: right there.
0: Yeah. Right there. Um. Yeah. I'm a big, I'm a massive, massive fan, and you introduced me to it, to hot wash
1: (laughs) First of all, I will say this. Someone made me feel better about my, I don't mind embracing some of my, I guess I was going to say, you know, neuroses or neurotic behavior, but my brother is a teacher, and he can sort of sometimes point out behavior. Yeah, you know, it's real, and he can spot it. he said, people do love to throw around terms, not that certain people don't fall true to them he goes you're probably just fucking crazy clean with you definitely dabble into some OCD things but basically he goes because you had a party at your house and you let too much stuff go oh I know you had it fucking organized but (laughs) you let too much shit go and people with that couldn't but what uh, somebody else made me feel better about as far as saying oh you're so anal you're so is uh, life's better when you have a preference it And I love that. Life is better when you have a preference. And here's the example he gave me. He was out with some people, and they were at a diner. And you know sometimes they want to split a group up? Yeah. I've let that happen. I go... Oh, right, and I'm hungry. And he was. I was with a guy I went, no, we're all eating together. And I went, he's fucking right. Because whenever they split the group up, I've had it happen. You don't really get to hang with everybody like you wanted to. No. That guy had a purpose that wanted to go, no, we'll wait an extra 10 minutes. We're going to get a booth yep. together. We're going to sit together. So, like, I like that. It made me feel like, hey, I'll take criticism when I deserve it. But I like that way better. Life's better when you have a purpose. It's a uh, preference. I, I, preference. I, I
0: keep saying, um, embrace anxiety attacks there's no there's very few times in your life where you know exactly what you want and don't want mm-hmm. cuz that's an anxiety attack and an anxiety attack is is going i, I don't want to be here i need to get the fuck out right now mm-hmm. and it's so often in life you just go ah i don't know i know exactly what you're saying and i and i definitely feel like uh i feel like i'm i, tr- I travel with a crew of 12 at all times and they'll say we don't have a table for 12 but we can see, split you up and i'm like no we want to sit together we're all sitting together yeah. and and by the way i don't need I don't talk to half the table. I only talk to the half that I always sit with the same half. However, I want us all together. I
1: want, want us to all s- together. Exactly. Uh, you, you're right. With a big group, you might sort of end up talking to your section. But um – The uh, the hot washcloth thing. Does your audience know about that? Uh, Not at all. Oh well, that started sort of as a joke. Uh, I had some people over one night, and uh, I had like five people over. I got some hot washcloths. You know, I have like that hot. You can do it with the sink water, but you do have to start with really hot water. You know why I learned when you get the Culligan's one?
0: Why? What do you have? The Culligan's one. I I I I do two things. I do two things. I have. I have We have the water bottle container that has hot water and cold water, yeah. and we do it with that hot water, and I will take a, a washcloth, throw it in some regular water, drain it, and throw it in the
1: microwave. Well, that's why I think you, you, if you just do water from the faucet, the problem is... It gets cool pretty quick. You got to yeah. start with it's way too fucking hot. By the time someone holds it and waves it in the air, then it's perfect. Yep. So the thing is, for your listening audience, I started as a joke. I had four people over and I said, hey, everybody, remember hot? we're going to get hot washcloths just like a fancy restaurant. I walked around the table. I gave one to everyone. And we all agreed that what it made you do, I run, I rev high, and that's okay. Sometimes that makes me, I, I enjoy life because of that. But it's got a hot singlet in our house. What is it called? It's called a hot singlet. Oh, you mean the washcloth? Nope. Rev
0: high. You're when You rev, rev high. White, 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 firing hot. My wife calls it a hot singlet. Someone's got a hot singlet tonight. <laughs> yeah, I high rev high, very high. What's your wife's the, name? Elianne. She'll be buying a little bit, but I, it's almost mania. It's almost mania that it goes through me. Where I, I get, but I keep going. I'm, I apologize. Keep going. No, that's
1: okay. So in this case, I thought I get it. Uh, uh, people when they someone said when you have. L- sometimes, sometimes, this is what was told to me. I don't even know if it's true, but it started this thing. Yeah, When you don't have a lot of money, sometimes you cherish dinner more because it is a big deal. It's not just like, okay, life went on, sit down, start putting food in our face. Ah, No, whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) I don't say that, but stop. This is fucking special. Not only your friends, but the food. The hot washcloth, I'm never going to do yoga. I don't deny it. I get It's unbelievable. I get it. I really, just because I'm not going to do it, I don't dismiss it. Yeah. But that's my mini sort of zen. You force, no one has to tell you take a deep breath with the hot washcloth. It automatically happens because the hot air intake, you just go, stop. Mm-hmm. Stop. Let it take it. Make it special. Make it special, and that hot washcloth forces it to happen. Everyone takes a deep breath. You you put the washcloth down, and then I'll usually go, all right, right. This is special, right? <laughs> I and love then you. love the fuck out of the evening. It can go from that calm to very excited, and in, in about thirty seconds, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I always love saying it. It calms me now. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Oh, no, we just sit down and jam food in our mouth. Okay, that, that was that. Now I'm outside. Now I'm inside. Now I'm putting food in my... Whoa, there's a time for that. Yeah, if you're hungry. I'm not saying every meal, but with this... Whoa, st- oh, whoa, whoa, stop. Yeah. Stop. Shh, shh, shh. And one other thing. Don't like people putting shit on the table. I, I don't deal with it like they did something wrong. I ask, like... If somebody – this is what I always say to make my point. If somebody, like, obviously vomited on the table, I wouldn't try to be diplomatic about it. That's yeah. wrong. I go, what the fuck? This is not. A lot of people do it. I don't like it. I don't like life's chaos – you know, like, oh. if, if you have a dinner, most people won't do it. Most people won't do it with a, especially a nicely set table. But even if I have people over and we're just going to order some pizza and sit around a table, put a candle in the middle and light it and just sort of it's our fire pit of the evening. Not not the wallet and your keys and the gum. <laughs> no, we just crap. Every, that, the table's art. Would you, would you see a piece of artwork and go, it's so nice. And as you look at it, just start putting gum. And my joke is I always go, you th- rich people don't have shit on their table. You think Alec Baldwin's putting his gum on the table? <laughs> just put it somewhere else. Go, you know, I'll give people, I'll go put all your stuff over there. Just nothing on the table. I just want it clean. What about your bed? Do you throw, like, laundry on your bed? And no. You move- no, I don't. I I don't fold laundry. I the way my laundry room is I have a big flat surface and I just take it from the dryer and then pull from there because yeah. I hate folding clothes. I love folding clothes. You do I like the look of folded clothes. <laughs> you know how neat I, yeah. when you get it from like the dry where they fold everything perfect. It's tight as fuck and it's in a plastic bag. Shut the fuck up. It's
0: vacuum sealed and you just take take that though right in your suitcase. And you're like I'm fucking done. <laughs>
1: I love it. I had one more thing when we were talking about the uh, appreciating the nothing on the table. Uh, It was always... It was a good one and I think it's like a good way to, you know... It's... I'm reading a book right now.
0: Um, Let's see what the fuck the name is. (laughs) It's... uh, Oh! oh, I'm going to break my fucking phone. It's... uh, And I think you'd really like it. It kind of... I was... I was uh, thinking about the life-changing magic to tidying up. And it's about... Because I'm a mess. I'm a real mess. And so I... Wanted to read this book, and what it said is, it starts off with, and that certain people said that this house doesn't describe me. It doesn't, def- it doesn't, it doesn't um, exactly represent who I am because it's a mess, and I have all this shit that I've been holding on to, and and uh, and I need to, I need to whittle it down. And what the book's telling you is, find the stuff that is important to you, that is spiritually connecting to you, that you see in your house, and you go, oh yeah, that,
1: like, and then get rid of the rest of the shit. You're, you're, I sort of, I'm already pretty organized, but yep. that doesn't mean you can't learn little things here and there. Yeah. And a friend of mine, their parents, they're, they're moving out of their, like, that happens a lot. They're 70 years old and they're still, you know, today it's, it sounds cliche, but 70 you meet them. You're not like, oh, they're de- They're fine. They're fine. But they're, yep. it's a big home. And she is crazy organized, crazy organized. But even with that, she goes, Todd, I was over there for Thanksgiving last year. She goes, there's a lot of stuff even though you come in my home in the basement or shelves it's and she she goes stop buying shit you don't need she goes i know I, she, and i did i start thinking like i don't really need that you're just collecting some stuff you need obviously yeah. but um what you said about the uh the you know what do you, how do you throw stuff out and i have two things about that and i i forget where i heard this but i have, i have some boxes of pictures you know from when they weren't all now they're all on my phone you know but um and I didn't want to throw them out. And I heard this woman on some show where you usually don't, you know, it's like, oh, do this. You're like, oh, shut the fuck up. But it was a good advice. She goes, you don't have to be a pack rat to need advice because I'm not. Yeah. But what do you do with those pictures? She goes, go through them. If you took a trip and there's 50, take 10 that means something. Yeah. And show them respect. Put them in a book. Or today show you can just go online and make a book, which is awesome because you don't have to slip them in. They're just, you know what I mean. Make a book yeah. on the on the. On On the online. Online, right. So I did. I went through them and I. Took All the ones that meant something to me, but guess what? You still at the end of it have a box, and it is hard to take that box, even though she said what she said and it helped. You're not, don't think about what you're throwing out, think about what you're showing some goddamn respect to. Oh, I can't throw those pictures out. This is my version of it. They mean so much to me. Oh, really? They're in a box, you fuck. <laughs> don't act like you're so, oh, you re, uh, you, oh, those pictures mean something to me. Really? If they did, then fucking pick the ones out that do, throw the others out, and that will prove they mean something to you. Show them respect.
0: That's a brilliant. Show
1: them some. Goddamn respect. Oh, I love them so much I could never throw them out. Oh, is that why they're in a box for 10 years? You've never looked at them? Oh, you love them so much, don't you? You're full of shit. Take them out. This is what I said to myself, not what she said. I took what she said. (laughs) She wasn't saying that? No, she wasn't saying it that clearly. (laughs) That's how I had to say it, you know, to go. Because it's hard, because everything she said makes sense until you have to walk out to the trash. throw it away. You know what I did? I did it. I couldn't. I was. I did. I threw it in there, and I kept thinking, like, you know how you think should i should i give them to my mom she might want i had to go out and throw a clorox on them because i knew once i took a little clorox and like you know from the bottle i went put them all over it i go now there's no digging them out it's like when me and my buddy we go out to eat and we'd be like we don't want the rest of these fries we put mayonnaise all over them and then we started like a mayonnaise with fries (laughs) (laughs) we're like mayonnaise and fries actually pretty fucking good i take the napkin under the table because you know know what's under there just you know rub it a little bit then rub it on the leftover food god damn it cuz i won't i will never i don't care if one person what goes on under that table <laughs> i will not fucking eat it after i do that what uh preferences are awesome i, I like it and i feel like it it
0: it heightens the cel- it celebrates the smallest things you know like like that glass of water i made you those are my favorite cups i like that ice and i like that you oh the ice is good the ice is good and i like that it's filtered it's water ice. it's clean water mm-hmm. and it's i love that It makes me enjoy it. I love these. I love these. um, I love the big bottles like this because it gets me. It's it's borderline OCD. Can people see you? Yeah, yeah. There's. uh, I think that's it in both. And they can see me. Yeah, of course. I get paranoid. I, you know, hold on. Maybe I'll sit straighter. No, it's this. I just put this on YouTube, and only only like fourteen thousand people download it. Not very many. But, but you're, you're one of the more fascinating guys in our business and like i remember i remember knowing you and just and like you know hanging out or saying hi at the bar or not really like hanging out but then one night i saw someone put together um the best of todd glass i think i talked to you about this the m bar the m bar and it was the best of it was just you being you and that's like the favorite thing about you is that uh i like when you depart from material i love hearing your stories comedy clubs You can find out who the best comedy comics are because comedy comedy club people that work there will tell you their favorite story. Favorite story ever. And I use this all the fucking time. Favorite story ever is uh, Irvine Improv. And they said, oh, yeah, Todd Glass went so long one time. He said, just start vacuuming. And so they were
1: vacuuming during your set. I I tell that to staffs. I go, hey, when I start going so long, just start vacuuming. I would tell the staff, this guy, this is probably even 15 years ago, Joss was a doorman there. And um, I would tell him it, 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 I, I I have to preface this. You hate to step on someone's story because it's a good memory for yeah. them. But I also I'm not a guy that goes way over. I think I want so much from a comedy club. But your story is right. But there's a little uh, uh, switch in it. Um, that uh, I want so much from comedy clubs. And when they do it, I think the only thing I can show them respect is do my time. Now, that doesn't mean on a fun night I wouldn't go 20 minutes over. But yeah. I, I'm not a guy to do an hour and a half over, you know, the show. Uh, but I did tell Josh, hey, look, instead of giving me the light tonight, like when it's my time, just start vacuuming. God and damn he, it. And he did. And it, the whole crowd was like, "What? what's going on? And that's when I started. That sort of leads into that video you saw with uh, uh, what if this, what if that? Because I noticed – If he just started vacuuming, you would think, come on, like, wouldn't the audience know that he's obviously not vacuuming? And I would get a little upset, like, like, really, people? You think the club, like, this, look at the – but I shouldn't get upset with them. So I would go, no, this is the – this is a doorman here, and we just have this joke, what if? Like, the guy started vacuuming during your set, and I would go, no, I'm performing, and he would always go, oh, I didn't hear any laughter. I thought you were done, (laughs) which got a big laugh. Then I would redo it. I would redo it, and then they would laugh because they were in on it. Yeah. And I think that's that M bar tape you're talking about. It was called um, something at the M bar. I forget what it's called.
0: I don't know. know. It's like, I want to
1: say it's 22 minutes, and it is fucking hilarious. There was all this raw at the M bar or something. There was all this footage. They just had a camera in the back of the room. I never knew it. Otherwise, you'd be self aware if you were trying to make a tape. And. I found out they had it, and Alex wanted to show my manager at the time people that side of me because it was sort of I was growing there. That scene, the M Bar, Largo was a big deal for me. Then the M Bar was very, very. It helped me, for a lack of a better word, I hate even saying it, even though I'm prefacing it. You know, you find yourself as a comedian. Like, yeah. what do I want to fucking voice, find your do? Voice. Find yeah. your voice, and um, that was huge for me. So he goes, is there any tapes of that? And, he, and Scott Ackerman goes, we have some from the back. Scott Ackerman's a fast, fascinating guy. He, well, th- that scene was magical. Like sometimes oh, – I'm trying not to go too all over the place here. Um, sometimes when you see a movie, you like if it's about Johnny Cash or something yeah. or, or a legend in comedy, you know, George Carlin or Lenny Bruce, you watch it and you'd go, god damn it, I wish I could be there. And you go – you probably are have equal moments like it. You just don't realize it. Oh yeah. So now when I think about that, I think yeah, that's what the M bar was. That was fucking magical, and we were all part of it. And it was whether it was Lager or the M bar. Now the, the now the uh, meltdown. Those scenes. Meltdown's so, a pretty fucking yeah. fantastic room. But that scene for me at the M bar, Scott. You know Scott Ackerman and B J Porter. That was where I. That's where that tape came from. And we just this guy put it together. He edited it together and made it stylistic because you know it was out of focus and it was you know it was just a camera in the back of the room. But that was um, that was a lot for me. That was like those were like days that really helped me. Those audiences being introduced to these audiences that respect comedy, watch it. Like I've said this before. All those audiences watch comedy like people watch a play or opera. They're there. They're like – they have they have respect for it. And then in return, like I always say, I'm always nervous audiences. You drive into a comedy club. always saying, I hope the audience is good. I hope the audience is good. In that case, I think I hope I'm good. I hope I'm That's as good as the audience. Yeah. It makes me work harder. I like comedy
0: club fans. I like comedy fans, but it's so not what I sell to often. Like I often it's it's half fans – and then half people that have never heard of me that don't really know the rules of a comedy club, but uh, so I, I kind of I, I always like I always just, I mean I always just stay on the road. I'm just a fucking road guy. That's it. But don't you? I love it. By the way, the road. I do. I um. I love the road. I love, love. I love the, I love doing the road of clubs you've been in and you mm-hmm. fixed a green room. Okay. I'm Thank not you. even fucking around. Oh well. I, and taken, I appreciate it. I was in Minnesota last week, and uh, their green room's so fucking horrible. Not the... Not, uh, not Acme. Not Acme. I was at uh, House Comedy. Their green room's so horrible that I went out and I spent $300 on a fucking beanbag sofa chair so that I had somewhere comfortable to sit. And I left it there. I was like, comics deserve it. Comics deserve... I have. A, I made... I hit a couple bonuses. Let me, let me give back. Comics Good. deserve to sit down and not be uncomfortable before they go on stage it ruins the show if you're sitting in a fucking it literally they have a chair in there that looks like rick and i hope rick and tammy are hearing this they have a, sh- a chair that looks like it belongs in the back of a fucking denali
1: I, you know what I, i'm going to interject because it's so i always say i don't want to talk I, I believe me i do so yeah. but i always go oh do i talk about it too much but you're hitting it from maybe a little different aspect where i can weigh in the green room <laughs> specifically yeah Let's say 10 is the best green room in the world. 10 is the best in the world. We're not talking about ones that are an 8 and going, no, eight's fucking amazing. 7, are you shitting me? 10's the best, you're a 7. Hey, you're a 6, you fucking getting to a leap. We're talking about what... I have to take tone out of my voice because at this point, I want to go, seriously, what don't you get? And I want every club owner to hear this and go look at their green room and go, I'm not picking. Oh, you should paint the walls this color instead of that color. But one, why do you have overhead lighting? Yep. And I realized, at least I don't think I'm crazy because once in a comedy club, which is a good, even some good comedy clubs make this mistake. Forget about the bad ones. Some really great comedy clubs. I go, who bought a lamp? Because I usually get a lamp. They go, Mitch Hedberg stole one and brought it in from the hotel. And I'm like, okay, I feel not crazy because he's thinking like I'm thinking. Yeah. Like, But, yeah, you're right. You don't have to have a lot of money to do it. Uh, because even, even some of them that have a lot of money, like the furniture's all nice, I'll give them that, but you still go in there. And, and the, it's bright as fuck. What do we, have those lights. If somebody comes in, and you're right, I'm going to give it to that club. Because here's what they do. When people want to be right, they'll go to the 20% of the time when they're right, and they'll grandstand on that. But how about this? <laughs> yeah. Are there 20% of the people who are going to want it that bright? Absa fucking lutely So have those <laughs> fucking overhead lights for when those 20% come in. But I'm telling you... Eighty percent of people don't want it fucking that bright. Get no. a goddamn lamp. How does the owner walk in there? I really don't know. Who did you say you hope you? Rick and Tammy because you obviously like them, right? I love them. But, I love but on, them on that specific area. That's how you grow. I hope they do hear this, too. And they go into their green room and go, come on. This is where they're sitting before they go to stage. Yeah. like, And you don't have to spend a lot of money. Matter of fact, whenever I point out a good green room, I don't want to point out a green room at a new $3 million club because someone might not have that. I point out Largo. Backstage, he did. He took, like, cool... It's bohemian cool. So yeah. he put Christmas lights in the hallway, so it would be... That's not a lot of money. That could be no. $10. $10. What are those things, like, you can buy for, like, a dollar? They're, like, scarfs. Those... You know, like, you would put in a woman... Yeah, yeah. Would I know, a, like, like, a sarong or a uh, yeah, uh, sari. Yeah, and she... he. Drape those over the overhead lights, you know. Pin them up so it would it would put a red cast on the room or whatever color those, you know. And then on the on the he has some black material where he puts out some food and it's dark and it's like got Christmas lights in the hallway. Yeah, at least make it if you funky cool. Yeah, that's where we're sitting before we go on stage. So I always try to fix it up and I like that you spent more than me, which is awesome. Oh, I'm
0: I'm uh, I'm I I was in a hotel I was in a green room one time and I. Was getting, I was getting panic. I remember I couldn't figure out where the panic was coming from. And then I realized I'm the way the chair was sat, I was staring up at a halogen, like just like a hospital light. Right. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm in the hospital. I'm like, oh, no wonder I'm not feeling comfortable. And then I just had them turn off the lights. I'm weird about it though, too. Lighting can really fuck me up. Like I shower in the dark before I fly, like complete dark. I like, I like darkness. I like, uh, I don't like brightly lit things. A lot of times I'll be in the man cave working in here and I'll have all the lights out at night and just the TV on. And I'll be working at the computer and my wife will be like, can't you see? But I like too much lighting can give me panic. Definitely.
1: Yeah, and, and – it- and especially backstage, you know, like you're not saying they should do it as like you specifically like yeah. it. But we're me and you are making a guesstimation. Most comedians are going to like it our way. Yeah. Is there going to be one or two that want to go in and go, hey, do you have any more lighting? Than yeah, for them. Oh, but you know, it's not even
0: twenty percent. Acme. It's- I brought I brought uh, I brought a backgammon board and I brought it in there. and I left it in the green room. I was like, you know what? Why not? Why wouldn't you want to play a little backgammon with the get to know the feature. Play a little backgammon. I love you. I love it because I'm this... I- well, you're the one that introduced me to it. I walked into a green room, and I was like... I felt very comfortable, and I was like, I was like, this is a great fucking green room. I, I, want, I don't know who it was. Do you know Joel Batchoff? Yes, I think it was Joel, and he was like, "Well,
1: you can thank Todd Glass. He was here last week. He changed the lighting." Yeah, probably. Well, I don't. I want them to get it. Like when I make fun of when I make fun of it, like I also try to take tone out of my voice, anger tone, because I thought, "Well, that's not how I'm going to learn." Someone has what gets me mad is when they hear it and they think, I really do. I fantasize I'm not around or you're not around, and they hear this. Let's say hypothetically they heard the podcast, yeah, because you know sometimes it's a small we're in. Rick and Tammy will hear this. Rick and Tammy will hear this and. I think I'm a pretty good comedian. I do. I think, but I don't, I hope I'm not done growing. Yeah. It doesn't mean I'll listen to what everybody says either. But it means you should be listening to what some people said. I'd say when you hear something that makes sense, it's like when I say, I'll, I'll explain what I mean by bow your head. Like a long time ago, a comedian told me to get rid of a joke out of my act. And I already knew to get it out of my act. He affectionately said it. I'm glad. I, I want him to do that. And I bowed my head. I went, I know, you know what I mean, shoulders down, head yeah. down, half kidding around, but like, oh you know, that's how they should react. Now, don't go find your own truth, because we're not there to put an f- iron door up against it. Yep. Don't go, oh, but in this, no, 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 you stop, you're not the worst person in the world, you probably are fucking awesome, <laughs> yeah. but in this isolated area, stop and have the ability not to go, but last year we, no, do it. Do yeah. it. We're right, and we're trying to help you. It is a small price to give a large amount of happiness to comedians. Isn't that what you want? We're not going. You know, if you spent thirty thousand, or if you spent nine hundred, no. Most green rooms can be fixed sometimes for fifty dollars. Yeah, for
0: fifty bucks. Fifty you bucks. Can, you can do a lot. A couple lamps make a
1: drastically different. A couple lamps, like at Acme, I'll even like. I'll even pay someone to do it if there's a like someone that obviously is there at the end of the night and they're cleaning. That's their job. Sometimes I'll give them 25, 50 bucks and go, Can you do me a favor? Just scrub the fuck out of that green room. I come in the next day, the bathroom smells like Clorox. Then we lower the lights, we put a lamp, I bring one candle. I don't. Maybe it's me trying to puff up a little bit. Like, oh, I'm still a, you know, I'm a man. But I I don't think that's my who I am. It's certainly not who I want to think I am. But whenever people go, oh, Todd loves candles. I want to go. No, I don't want to go candle shopping. I buy stick candles. You know what stick candles are? Tapered candles. They're like long. Yeah, they're this long, and you light the top. Do you, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? No, yeah, yeah, and you can see them in it. Well, I buy those because they have the biggest flame because the wax drips away from the flame. You know, like when yeah. you light a candle in a jar, the wax starts yeah, filling up. Yeah, yeah, up, yeah. But with a stick candle, so I buy just that's all it takes. One, put it in the center of the room. I'll take like a little table, put it in the center of the room. My favorite thing is at the end of the night, six, seven people in there in a dark room. It smells clean. One candle becomes the fire pit, sit in a circle, smoke pot, and just fucking love it, you know? And, and, you, and I can't get over the change. Like, every time I do it at a club, in a green room, I'm like, this is not a little better, by the way. I always That's the way I always say it. I go, oh, this isn't a little better. It's night and fucking day. Little better, fuck a little better. Yeah. I'm not taking time to make something a teeny bit better. It's game changer. It is. Yeah.
0: It's those moments. It's it's uh you know like um I don't know it's it's the same thing and I and I wonder if this comes from smoking pot or if one if this is just who you are and then people like with that brain gravitated pop but like it's like uh it's like I remember being in high school and we were all getting high and and my buddy was like let's get slush puppies. And you're like, fuck yeah, that's like the, you know, you put your own ice, then you put the, the flavor in, you start uh-huh. the flavor in. I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, I would really, I could really go for a slush puppy. And you, and you just be like, let's, okay, should we get high and then get slush puppies? Or should we get slush puppies? And, no, no, let's get high and then make our own slush puppies. And let's really <laughs> fucking focus. But it's true. I mean, as you said that, sit in the green room, group of people, smoking pot, Sitting with the candle in the center, that becomes your fire pit. Um, I, before I forget, my friend Sam Shocker, she's on Dr. Drew's show. Do you know her? She, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She make, makes uh, candles. She makes candles, and they're non-drip candles that are fucking fantastic. i got to set you guys up and have her send a couple to the clubs you're going to perform at.
1: Because I would love it, because I put them in my—I think I got this from Jimmy Dore. Even me, I never travel with a candle. I, I, I chose not to smoke pot
0: with you and Jimmy Dore when we did Last Comic Standing, and I regretted it to this day.
1: Where were we? At? We all New went. York?
0: We all went in New York. We all went up to the room, and you guys want like want to get high? And I was like, yeah. And in my head, I was like, yeah. And then I was like, I don't know. I'm going to obsess about this goddamn competition. It was very unhealthy. That that show was the
1: least healthy my personality's ever been. Well, because it's like take comedy; it's already hard. Yeah. Well, how could we make it harder? Okay, comedy—the hardest thing in the world. Music, comedy, anything in the arts—what could make it harder? Oh, we'll make it a competition. Yeah. Oh, great, great. Thanks, thanks for that. The, and one more thing about the hotel. And I, it just happened over the years. Most of these things happen accidentally. Sometimes I'll have bring gels. You know, like when you go to the the uh, Sammy's camera. Uh, by the way, sh- uh, I'm I'm obsessed with gels. If you look above you, I've been putting I've been putting. Oh, you do. Shut the fuck <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Todd. We we share a lot of similarities yeah, yeah, yeah. O- <laughs> only because. I – uh little things can change big – like I, I would find if I got a kombucha to go to the airport, then I could really kind of relax on that ride. And I'd sip on Wait, my what's com- that? A kombucha. It's what's It's a fermented drink that's good for your stomach. It's good for, it's good for your stomach. And it makes your stomach feel good and it calms down like – it's like uh it just calms down your stomach, and so I'd get a kombucha, and I'd have my kombuchas in the in the fridge, and I'd go in and i'd I'd have it in the car, car would take off, I'd open it, getting on the one oh one, and I'd just kind of sip it slowly and kind of relax. Those kind of things would calm down my brain. You know what my biggest thing is right now, and this is by the way i'm not even there are times when I do things and I go. If Todd Glass spent the night because he was hammered and had to spend the night here, and woke up and went into our fridge at six AM while someone was asleep, he'd fucking lose his mind at how great this is. Uh, Always freshly washed, uh, open, bold berries in my
1: fridge. That's like the Nalabotskis when I grew up. They always I used to talk about how. I would always get jealous of the refrigerator because they would have, like, cut-up watermelon nice, some berries in a bowl with some cellophane over it. Yeah. Eaten. I was like, so I, so I'm, I, lo- I, lo- I steal ideas all the time. I'm not done wanting to learn little things, like even that thing you say, getting into the car, and you have it, and you open it up, and just... And by the way... We know sometimes if you have five kids and you're stressed out of your mind, maybe some of these things aren't going to work. Right. You take the ones that work for you. You oh, try to apply them. Turvis tumblers. Turvis tumblers. What Do are you, they? Uh,
0: I, it's this. It's this style cup. So it's 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 insulated. So the, they make a few. This is I buy everything Florida because and why is that? Why is that a cup you like? It's it's insulated. So. When you fill it with ice, the ice doesn't melt forever. So uh, this, there's Yeti. has got a big mug that you can drink out of. But Tervis Tumbler, for me, defines growing up in Florida having a gin and tonic in a Tervis Tumbler. So one of my favorite things to do until I realized I was being extremely illegal and fucking breaking the law was make a turvis tumbler put it on my bike full of gin and tonic get a cigar and ride bikes with my daughters for like an hour and just slowly sip on the gin and tonic riding a bike with the girls just having a great time how many riding girls do you have two two how old and, are they uh, 10 and 8 and just riding up and down the fingers of the street and looking at the houses like we do it at christmas time and just like we do it like right at dusk when everyone's lights are going on and i loved it it was like the ritual of it and why is it illegal uh, to drink and drive in, in the, the car. car. Yeah, well, no, I was in a, I was in a, on a bike. In a bike, you can't even on a, one drink. Uh, well, I probably yes, any booze, probably. Right. I just realized one time a cop drove by and I was like, oh fuck, I have an open container. I don't oh, wait, know, the you, open container. I have an open too. container on a
1: vehicle with your kids, with maybe. my kids, and I was like, I was I'm like calling child service. Yeah. So, but so um uh, but let me go to the hotel thing because I think so, this go, is go, a go, tangible go, please, thing please. someone could do, um. Especially when you have a hotel Like a lot of times on the road You have like Not a big sitting area But you got your room And then um, I had gels Because I use them At comedy clubs a lot Like So I just have them In my suitcase They're rolled up and With a rubber band around them But one night I brought people back To the hotel And I gelled Now I do it The minute I get to the hotel I gel two lights Uh, usually one in the bathroom, like over the, if I can, or I unscrew a lot of bulbs over where you would like go to the bathroom or the mirror is, you wash your hands after you. I I unscrew a lot of lights, but then I'll gel two lights red in the room. You come back to a room, you're inviting some people from the club, I always say if there's not enough chairs, some people grab two or three from the lobby. Same thing. You can fit six, seven people in a circle, light a candle, and I have two red gelled lamps. Just easy. It's not a big deal. You have a circle of a you – know, you make a circle and you just slide it over the bowl. But it's, yeah. it's made so it doesn't melt. That's why yeah. it's expensive. They're not that expensive, but anyway. So you walk into a room. This is when I say, oh, it's not a little different. And I love when people notice it, and I, and I always tell them the same thing, and I mean it. I'll tell you what it is first and then I'll tell you. So they walk you walk into a room, it's red, there's some cool music playing. I make sure it's ready on my iPad so when I get back I don't want to have to turn it on or power it up or it doesn't I want to I want to get this done in 20 seconds. I get the music on, some cool jazz or some whatever whatever music I'm in the mood for that night. Um, and then the room is red and there's a candle lit and there's someone smoking some pot. and it's and I can tell if somebody comes back from the club. Sometimes it could be a you know, a, a doorman or a, a, a girl that works at the box office or a waitress. They're young, though. And whenever they go, wow, and they make a big deal, I go, you're going to be successful. And I go, they go, why? I go, because... You appreciated this. Yeah. And you, ha- you, you, you have an attention to detail. And I go, watch it now, because if they're the first one or two there, I'll go, there's some people are going to come in tonight, and they're going to be like, do like you. I love those. Yeah. Some people are going to – once we call them on it, and we will, they'll back out and said, no, no, it's no, nice. I noticed but it, But yeah. their, their initial reaction – And then it all unfolds. Next person that comes in, you know, if if that person happened to be the first person there, or first two comes in goes, wow, this is real nice. And we tell them, we were just talking about that. And then, Maybe an hour later, someone comes a little late, you know, or maybe another comedian or something or a friend of a – whatever, you know. And they go, what, are you having a seance in here? We're like, boo, boo. We go And we tell them the story. They go, no, no, it looks nice. We go, no, no, but your first reaction wasn't to love it. It was to make fun of it. Like, I can't even see in here. I'm like, boo, boo, you know. So the hotel room, it's just night and day. It it is. And it, it changes your mood, I think. It does. You can buy blue gels,
0: red gels. I'm going to go buy some gels. I'm going to go buy some gels now. I, I, we used to, used to, I used to steal them from when we worked on shows. And you'd, you'd always have some. We'd always have a camera guy with some. I
1: stole some when I was some backstage when there were so many. It, I felt like, oh, my God, I'm a thief. I couldn't get enough of them. I like, keep taking them. <laughs> every night I took one or two of them. Um, one, of my cool,
0: one of my favorite podcasts that you've ever done is the one where you had – or maybe it was, a, maybe it was on – it might have been a video um, of you having a party at your house. They're, and were, every and you had jackets for everybody.
1: They were called Modern Comedian and Scott Moran did them. And you learned a little something about a comedian that you might not have learned about. So he like sort of filmed me getting ready for having people over my house. Cuz you enjoy that? I do. I enjoy I like parties, you know, where it's whatever. It could be like 50, 60 people, but I'm more like uh uh like 12 or 13 people. Yeah. You know, in my backyard, and I uh, just love to set things up and surprise people. Because like, what was the one that people would walk in, and you'd be like, hey! What? Well, there's a few things. One is that, like, i hire a trumpet player out of nowhere to just, like, I play music. You know, you crank music, and I go, I wish there was a trumpet player. Sometimes he's sitting there with everybody. They don't know. It just looks like a friend hanging out. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he gets up on the dining room table. I have a fl- uh, the, the coffee table in the living room or out back on a coffee table. And the music just is, I have the right song because I know what I'm doing. And I go, God, I wish there was someone to play a trumpet. He pulls the trumpet out from me. He goes, I play a trumpet. Starts wailing away in a coffee table. Another friend's there. I go, I'll shut the lights out. You put the flashlight on him. And it's like wailing. Like, you know, just, just, just not just dribbling out. And people are like, shut the fuck up. When did this happen? You know? The other thing I like to do, and by the way, this is a great idea if you don't have especially if you don't have money, or if you have money. But I did it once because my friend Meg did it. I was, like, really young, and I remember her doing this. Now, when I think back, she was really young, too. I think her and her husband, they lived in my neighborhood. I worked at their Dairy Queen. They were probably 24, but they got it, and they had a party. And I, and I took this idea from them, and they had two skillets, you know, like those simple skillets you mm-hmm. can buy, you know, for what, at, at Target, you plug them in. Yeah. And they had someone over in the corner making grilled cheese sandwiches. And that is, you know how cheap that is. They're like a nickel yeah. each, literally. Yeah. You go, loaf of bread, some cheese, put some, and someone was making them, and people loved them. And then at around midnight, they brought out a, she brought out a bowl of eggs. You know, people were cracking eggs. Say someone doing it making egg sandwiches, like with grilled cheese. So oh. more of a breakfast sandwich. So I do that a lot at parties. Like I know some like people might not be that hungry, but I know at midnight or twelve thirty and I have every grilled cheese sandwich. I don't want everyone to have to pay make it, untake the cheese off the plastic oh, or you got it all lined up. I have every single grilled cheese pre made, pre made with uh, well, I used to put butter on the grilled cheese now yeah. I just realize I just After the heart attack. spray olive oil no <laughs> it 's hard to stack them and they get yeah. the, the bread can get a little stu- spray olive oil so you got them preset preset they 're in a they 're in like all stacked on top of each other pre made grilled cheese sandwiches like forty of them. The skillets are there i don 't have to plug them in they 're over in the corner, and all of a sudden there 's just a big pile of grilled cheese sandwiches. put them all on just start making them and it 's like out of nowhere but one time I said um I had a grill. I planned this all out with my friend's niece. Uh, I bought a grill a hat, like a, like a chef would wear. Yeah. And, you know, the apron where they button down the side. Yep. Am I explaining it right? You know, yep, like a real.
0: Yeah, where it comes up over the shoulder. Right.
1: Yep. And I, on the hat, I had grilled cheese chef. So same thing. I had them all pre-made, and I told my friends. They always know something's up. I go, there's like 10 people hanging out in my backyard. I go, I had a grilled cheese chef, and they just canceled. And I told my niece, <laughs> my, my my friend's uh, my friends my ex's niece yeah Yeah. my ex's niece his sister his sister's daughter um she was up she was there and I said well I'll text you because she was hanging out upstairs when I need you to do it so that's how it all just unfolded so I texted her I go we're gonna do the bit now she went over to my neighbor's (laughs) house we have trees between us but you can walk through and I went I knew she was there I heard her no one else heard her I was listening I hear she's over there She texts me, I'm here, but I already knew it. And I go, my grilled cheese chef. I acted like I got a call. She comes walking through the bushes with her whole outfit on. She goes, I'm a grilled cheese chef. I just got fired. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Rory Scovel's like, shut the fuck up. Like, when did you do this? Dude, you're the reason I like Rory Scovel. I've never heard, I've never heard of him in my entire life. He, you and him together are fucking co- comedy genius. You, him, and Daniel Kino together, the three of you guys, ha- would have
1: me howling laughing. You know how many people have told me they're like, and, and you know what the thing is? We'll do it. We'll do it. You just say you're going to do it, but if you say, no, 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 we're going to do it. I definitely, because I've had more in the history of my career like especially the doing the podcast career and Twitter, yeah. that that portion of my life that involves the podcast and Twitter, Yeah. Todd, you gotta hang out with Bert. Todd, you gotta have oh, him yeah. on your show, and I'm sure they know because this is the stuff we both talk about. So I will have a party, you know, and we'll do it, and you'll come over. I would and fucking we'll have, love that, and we'll have a we'll have a good time
0: because well, there's there's parts of your personality that are, and I, and I hope everyone understands what I'm about to say. In the best possible way, I've learned more from I've learned more from you by listening to you on podcasts, and I've grown more as a person than I've ever in my entire life. And I'm being 100 percent serious about that. Uh, I don't want to get into that, but like, I, but there's a ton of stuff I've learned from you. But parts of your personality, like the the quirkiness to you. Uh, the The thing about just planning something to make it special making things special for people you know uh, i 'm trying to think of an example of that of, of something i 've done where i've where i 've done that but like like I always I, I, I'm on a, I'm a, I do a little different uh, style of that where I always mess with the kids like i 'll come up with a game for the kids like we play this game called poison where I take uh, I get a, I make a bunch of little um, appetizers, like little cheese and crackers but one of them's got a jalapeno in it and I'll go all right guys poison it's like Russian roulette and the kids love it and I love games like that I love playing we used to do a game called sleeping monster where I just lay in the grass and they'd come by and I just but it, but little things to make it special little things to make life fun is like like in, in that video I saw you had like coats for everyone why wouldn't we wear coats <laughs> we wear jackets that, and-
1: that started because uh, I I wanted to I told everyone they have to wear a blue blazer so everybody went and I have a a garage. It's like uh, yours is beautiful. Mine is yours just, is yours is, is rustic. It's it, got. It, it looks like a barn. It's rustic, and I cleaned it out once, and I realized that's where I could put my big dining room table because before I'd have to set it up in the yard. It, having a dinner, the hardest part was like, where am I going to put this big table to have twenty people sit at? Yeah. So when the when the garage was cleaned out, I went. I could do it in there. Yeah. So There's a big table in there. I had a big dinner, and I said, everybody bring. Uh, you have to wear a blue blazer. Sorry, and everyone did. They went to the thrift store, but they left them. So at the end of the night, I had, like, maybe 15 blue blazers. <laughs> then I did it again, and some people brought them. Yeah. So now I have, like, 30 blue blazers. <laughs> i made a place to hang them. And sometimes I forget to do the bit. Yeah. I have a dinner. I forget it. Sometimes I don't. So the joke is we go out to the – it's fun to have new people, too. We go out to eat dinner. I go, oh, I'm sorry. It's blue blazer only. Like a <laughs> fancy restaurant. Yeah. And then everyone puts on their blue blazers. And the funny thing is, pictures. Even if people are wearing T-shirts and shorts, it doesn't yeah. matter. The picture looks like you were at like a yacht club or a row that's, or rowing, you yeah. know, or something. And like everyone is just a sea of blue blazers.
0: You I know? just realized, I just realized where it is that I borrow your personality, and that's when I'm on the road with my t- with my crew for Travel Channel because you cause it can get monotonous and it can get very depressing. It can you can spiral out pretty quickly. But if we do stuff like we used to, uh, we I uh, we used to like to make it rain. You know what? It's, 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 it's not our – like let's not worry about uh, dollars and cents. When it comes to appetizers, let's order five of the best. We don't even want to know. Just surprise us. Bring them out. And then we'd do this thing. We'd, we'd uh, do sp- uh, Kruskis where we'd, ha- we'd pick one person at the table to order for everybody.
1: And like little things to make life fun. I just, love just, – it, it, it is. You're right. They're teeny – what you said about your daughters – You know, uh, I always tell my brothers this, and my mom's awesome, but, you know, like, hey, I'm sure she gets frustrated with us and has to use these games to make us, you know, get over it, and we do the same. I always remind my brothers, like, my mom came from the worst, not just a, you know, what I say, regular. There's, you know, there can be regular crazy kids, regular crazy moms. Yeah. No, my mom didn't have a regular crazy mom. Her mom and my mom did the little things you said with us. Yeah. Like, little fun things, like, I don't know, maybe three months would go by. She goes, guess what tonight is? And she would bring out a bowl of icing. A bowl, like a whole bowl, five spoons, five big spoons. Later, when I was like 30, I go, Mom, why did you used to do that? Like, she, yeah. goes, when I was a little kid, I always thought it would be fun to lick the beater. It's fun to lick the beater, but imagine having a whole bowl of icing. Yeah. So it we fucking loved it, you know? Yeah. And um, the other thing, my like sometimes my parents would come out, my Dad would come out with like a can of whipped cream because we were having Jello with whipped cream, and he would and he would tell us we could only have it if we sprayed it in our faces, yeah. you know. <laughs> Someone goes, didn't you spray it in your dad and mom's face? I go, no. We knew that that wasn't to be done. You know,
0: <laughs> we, have, we have kids camping out here Saturday night. Like all our friends' kids are camping out here. And we're going to make s'mores. And then they make these Oreo s'mores that look like s'mores. And so I bought a fucking bunch of those. And I'm going to come out to them and go, guys, I made these. Tell me if you like them. And you know they're going to lose their mind. They're made by fucking Nabisco. Wait, they're so com- what is it? They're, we make s'mores. You can never make a good s'more. Uh, by the way, if you ever want the best s'more, I'm not even fucking around. The W on sunset or on hollywood the w on hun- hollywood has the best s'more i've ever had chocolate ganache um marshmallow fluff that has been toasted with homemade graham crackers that don't break off when shut you... the
1: fuck up <laughs> that's what i was gonna just fucking tell you and i'm gonna tell oh, jesus christ that's the thing okay but but i want to find out what they do because thank you travel channel
0: <laughs> <laughs> travel channel has given me the greatest stuff in the world to go like that's the
1: best thing do you ever. know the part that got me excited the breaking the, the, yeah yeah because i have this theory well two things on, on the S'mores. one this is not the breaking thing but i'll make it quick i was camping and his little kid was behind me in line and i remember he was chewing a lot of gum which <laughs> made him very cute yeah and he's like have you ever um, tried a Reese's Cup in the Shmoor instead of a chocolate bar? And I was like, no, but I will tonight. Yeah. I saw him about three days later in the same little a convenience store on the camping grounds. You know, they have a little store you can get stuff. And I'm yeah. like, I told him I did it. He was so happy. I'm like, whoa, whoa. He was with his parents then. I go, I did that Reese's Cup thing you were talking about. I go, that was crazy good. <laughs> yeah. He was so happy. The breaking of the... Sh- of the the it Let's say it. you do a traditional one, chocolate bar, marshmallow, that's fine. The breaking of it, somebody tried to tell me, isn't that part of the charm of it? And no. I saw what they meant, but I still lean towards no. So I thought, what if there was like a soft... Almost like a taco shell, because it also falls out. I wouldn't mind. Let's say there's a taco shell. Just a picture of a taco shell, but it's made out of graham cracker. And you put the marshmallow in there. You put the chocolate bar in there. Maybe it's soft. Maybe it is a little soft, but it's still graham cracker. Cinnamon graham cracker, maybe. It's, It's soft, but it still absolutely gives you the flavor. Then you can eat it. And it all stays together, and it doesn't... I See, I get what they meant about the charm of it breaks, and it's on your fingers. I'll give them and that. And it's 1950. Yeah. And we're like, whoa. And, but guess what? I'll do without it. Yeah. I get what they meant. I didn't dismiss it, but I'll do without it. So when you say it doesn't break, how the fuck doesn't it break? What come, do they do?
0: Uh, he makes them himself. He makes his own graham cracker. So they, I bet they are a little softer, maybe. They're softer, and they it is... The greatest. What's the place s'more, called? The W. It's the W. Oh, the W. Yeah, the W. On, uh, and I'm hoping it's still the same chef. We shot there, and he said, uh, "What I got is s'mores." And I went, "Ah, that's it's sad that that's what you brought to me because I don't like them because of texture issues. I'm a little OCD." And I, and he said, "I think you'll like this one. It's chocolate ganache with a marshmallow fluff that I've toasted uh, with a flame gun, like." And then those are my own personal graham crackers that I've made, and I to this day have said that is the best dessert I've ever had, ever. I, I, I literally can tell you the best dessert I've ever had. You could do a show on Travel Channel about, like, fucking... Like, I like I think that you dig shit that people dig in I have general. Ide-
1: you know, my, here's another... Do you ever hear my ice cream cake idea? Yes. Hold on. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I have. Keep going. Well, everybody likes ice cream cake because yes. you do, but the cake isn't always the best part of it. Well, cake's never the best part of it. Usually even the best bakery... I don't know about the best bakery, but most of the time, Carvel's or Vaughn's, that, that's yeah. not the best bakery. But I bet even best bakery, it's a pound cake they put in there. Yeah. It's not, it's not unbelievable. So if you take any cake and you just cut it in half, you know, long ways. Yeah. I did it with a carrot cake last. You know, even the worst carrot cake's good, and this was a good carrot cake. Sliced it down the middle. Put vanilla ice cream on it. Put it in the microwave for 10 seconds so it spreads easy. Because yeah. I don't like anything that's an ordeal. It just comes out like custard. Spreads all over. Put the top back on it. Throw it in the freezer. For whatever the reason is, the cake, even three, four hours later, is still soft. Yeah. And you just, then you cut it up. You could you pull it out for three minutes and let it ha- get room temperature, but you don't have to. Yeah. And it's something about you're getting that moist, or I do it with cinnamon swirl cake. You know, I go to Vaughn's. Any cinnamon cake or any cake, they know how to make their cakes. I'm going to do know. it tonight. We're going over to dinner's house, for a friend's house for yeah. dinner. Cut I'll, it I'll down do it. the middle. It's cut easy. It right like It literally middle. isn't like, oh, it's so easy, but it's not. It is. You cut it with a big, long bread knife. Cut it. Put the ice cream in the microwave. Spread it on. It can be sloppy. Put the top back on. Put it in the freezer and it's sick fucking good it's it's this moist <laughs> delicious cake then with the ice cream and somebody wants they said, you know the difference – someone could go – they weren't being a naysayer, but they were loving it that much. They go – they were thinking what a naysayer would say. Yeah. And I like that. They go – someone would say, well, you can take a piece of cake and ice cream, and what's the difference if you get the, the cake you're talking, put a scoop of ice cream on it? It's the – it's having it all together. Yeah. It's like a sandwich. You could eat roast beef and turkey and lettuce and different, but it's every bite you get. Cake, ice cream, cake. Cake, ice cream, cake. And it's that's why it's so good. You yeah, know? I, I I was sitting next to a kid
0: when they're eating cupcakes, and I watched him do this, and I and he just broke off the bottom part, and I went, I oh, went, I get it. You just want the icing. Then he undid it and then put it on top like a sandwich, so that the icing was in between the. And I was just like, uh, who, who did that? This fucking eight year old. <laughs> and I was like. Are you fucking kidding me? I, you just changed my life because uh, I always just like the icing. So he like just ripped the bottom off the cupcake right. and then squished it on top, so it was a sandwich, and then just and then ate it like a like a like one of those. Oh my god, I lost my mind. I I,
1: mean, I love, I love I, you. I want your second book to be about this it's like um, you know my jake adams said my second book he works on my podcast he's a comedian but he yeah. also does all the music on the podcast he goes it should be i'm right you're wrong shut up <laughs> it's, it's
0: but the thing is is that you're the way you perceive life makes it more fun i, I don't think that you've ever like i remember Gary Goldman saying, uh, Gary Goldman never smoked pot. I say that. I, I hate speaking for people, but like, I'm just saying that for the story. Um, Gary Goldman was not a big pot smoker, and he was in town. He was in L.A., and he came over to have dinner with me and my wife and, uh, and by the way, bought me something I still use to this day, an all-clad double burner grill set, and so Gary Goldman says to me, um, I went over to Todd Glass's house last night, and I said, yeah, and he said, yeah, we played the funnest game. We pretended that his house was an airplane. Right. And we're like, and you kept going, I know it's not much, but if you pretend it's an airplane, it's pretty fantastic. And then you guys kept going, can you believe the size of that refrigerator in the airplane? We would go back. We go,
1: shut. I would go, Gary. I go, Gary, come here. Now I have a nice bathroom. It's not like, you know, but I go, Gary, you're going to, you got to come over here. He comes in and he looks at my bathroom. He goes, shut the fuck up (laughs) for an airplane Yeah, or the living room. Like picture this was on an airplane, you know, and I have a new one. You'll love it. Because you do have a beautiful home, but yeah, this is a way to take it. This isn't as is silly, but it, but I for some reason I I did it because I recently saw a comedian friend of mine's home in New York, and he it it he had to spend a lot of money on this home. Yeah. But I thought, just picture your home. It's already nice in L.A. If that, yeah. you live in L.A., you have a beautiful home. You have a yard. You have a really cool home. You got cool Adirondack chairs. You got this this. Girl. But picture New York. This is what you own.
0: Oh my you, you, God! You would have,
1: this is a what a, be a, a fourteen million dollar house in New York to have 14, a yard. Am I oh, this am right? Fourteen in the million. City? Yeah, and I got
0: I've got uh, I've got tenements on the each side of me. Oh, this is fourteen yeah. million dollars. Fourteen million. The Vanderbilts owned this before yeah. I did. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> I'm lucky they didn't turn it into a nunnery. <laughs> no. Exactly. You're like, hold on, I almost want to go look. Hold on. So
1: like this, you're we're in New York. Yeah, and we're like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking nuts. I went over Burt's house last night. He's got an orange tree in his backyard in New York. It's it's crazy. It is really crazy. You know, so New York for me because I'm like, oh yeah, New York, you know. Yeah. It's uh so the I I mean, I could
0: talk to you about that but forever, but I think you should write your second book like and make it about there's so many books of guys going, this is the guide on how to be a man. But your guide on how to be a man is is different and 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 it it's like this is a guide to be how to be a man, but never lose the boy, like never lose the the
1: spirit of youth or the you know what I like, th- you, this sort of echoes. I understand what people yeah. mean, you know, because I I do like you get like uh, you know you have a lot of the same, uh, which is good. The same so we uh, we what, it's a regression it to childhood. It's like I always
0: I like having skittles in here. i have had skittles in here, and you know it's 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 so funny. I have it for the kids, but you know every now and then when you get a little. Toasted. It's a handful of skittles. Really cheers you up. Jim Norton's in here. The last guy I'd think. And he's like, are those skittles? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, Can I have some. I was like, sure. Definitely Jim Norton's like want. eating skittles. And I go, that's what I'm fucking talking about. Some nice lollipops. I, I I don't know where they are right now, but I keep some nice. I have nice lollipops. And I get and what I like to do is I like to get the three different styles of skittles the like the, Sweet the dark stuff. no the dark ones the um the dessert ones and then the regular ones and just
1: line them up like three different lines but like I love that my wife loves it too it's like the little small that's why I like I've said this before but I'll, I say I'll say it again and again and again that's why I love comedians yeah. because they give me uh, look I, I shouldn't even have to say this do I love every comedian no not every comedian but guess what overwhelmingly yes yeah. yes because they give me everything I need uh the first few are the ones that, that I need I do need crass I want someone to be crass twisted demented yeah. but I need silly and loving and nurturing yeah. I don't I don't really like I like someone to roast me if it's something that isn't what I'm insecure about. Cause somebody once said, like why does when when David Spade makes fun of you, you love it? Why is it that I love it? And Daniel Kino said he goes because he doesn't pick on what you're insecure about. Yeah. He finds something you can love. So I don't mind being teased. But yeah. back to why I like comedians. Because- I'm the
0: same way, by the way. And I, I've always felt a kinship with you. I I don't mind being the butt of the joke. I'll let the let the joke go on forever. Uh, but if it's something that really hurts my feelings,
1: as my friend, you should know where that, that line is. You should is. know... And I did that with a comedian once. I went below that line. Uh, I followed him on stage. I won't say who it is. The next day I called him and I said, listen, I could say, oh, we're joking around. No, fuck that. You're right. And he loved – and I appreciated that he – I didn't call him and try to go, Ah, oh, we're all joking around. I'm a comic. Yeah, we're comics. No, no, no. If I'm your friend, I should know. You've heard that enough. I'm better than that. Yeah. And so I, I obviously I love being teased. But I love to be around comedians that are – Gary Goldman's a great example. Just sweet and nice and like – and if you're going to roast me or make fun of me, spend the same equal of time – be nice and sweet don't be you know i love you guy yeah. no i don't know you love me yeah now if gary goldman said you know, makes fun of me yeah i know he loves me yeah so he can do anything he wants but spend time like you know at but that's why comedians they just do it for me like that that's my favorite thing in the world to hang out with comedians or second to that or equal to that is a cool staff like the clubs yeah. where the staff is cool i can't while i'm doing it i'm like i think to myself like god damn it i'm i fucking love this like hanging out with cool staff going somewhere with them and getting a corner going it, you don't need anybody you know what i noticed why they can't ke- clear comedians out of the montreal comedy festival bar why? and and they're nice like you are know you going the to end montreal of the night what are you going to montreal this I year i think i am i'll know when i'm done this i'm going to okay. call and but uh there's and they're so nice but at the end of the i th- i hope this pertains to what we're talking about at the end of the night like uh, you know they 'll they shut the liquor off and then they shut the music off and then they it 's just their way of saying they don 't do it at, they do it we 're talking three in the morning they're yeah. they 're nice. You can't get rid of comedians, because you know why? We don't need any of that. We're in the corner just with each other, yeah. giggling. So you can't get rid of us by cutting off air and lights and yeah. music and liquor. <laughs> we're going to stay there. We'll go to the elevator where there's chairs. And that's what we do. Once they literally go, okay, now we're closing the, last, the bar. The last time I was there, we ended up outside.
0: I don't know how. Outside, some outdoor bar on like the yeah. second floor of the whatever hotel it was.
1: And everyone was just smoking pot. And I was like, oh, there's no shutting mm-hmm. this down. And you know what, Out of par- not paranoia, but in all fairness to people that are listening to this that aren't comedians, because I don't want to ever sound like, oh, if you're not a comedian. No, but a friend of mine that was a comedian, he was in the- this type of business and now he's not. He said the hardest thing is, but not impossible, is in a regular type of environment. You know, whatever your job is, to find those people. Oh, yeah. Because they're there, but it's hard to find them. So what I mean by comedians are... Even my friend, he, 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 he's saying, yes, I, you're right. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. And the silliness gets knocked out of you sometimes. But in some creative jobs, you're able to keep that silliness about you. So can other people. Matter of fact, in my core group of friends, a lot of them aren't comedians. But I always think of them as comedians. Yeah. But, yeah, when you're in a regular 9 to 5 job – sometimes that silliness gets knocked out of you. You know, you turn 30, you turn 40. But with comedians, it doesn't. Never. We're giggling. We're giggling. Like, we're silly. We're like little kids. I love kids. giggling. And with a different maturity. It's not like we don't have more. We're, yes, you get older. You have a different appreciation for life. You, But but you don't let go of that giggling and the silliness and just like fucking just... It's the best f- thing in the world. The... You
0: know? uh, w- the that would lead so naturally to your podcast which is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to it is it is just about giggling it literally is it's different than it's I'm I was so jealous the first time I heard it cuz I think I just started my podcast and I was like fuck that's what I wanted to do like that's if I had known that was possible was just you and your friends just f- like do, getting into characters, and and I mean, the the one I and I know I've told you this, but I don't know what episode it is. If anyone please tweets this to me, I will retweet it. That clock's dead. You. Um, uh, but uh, is the uh, bum, 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 bum. what do you know what episode that is?
1: That's like, I'm sorry,
0: it's okay. Um, don't worry about
1: it. That's like probably our third or fourth episode. I and was on
0: a train. I was on a train going to Amsterdam, and I get anxiety, so I paid for a first-class ticket so I didn't have to be with other people, and I was in a little private compartment all by myself, and they came back and got, uh, they gave me a couple bottles of
1: wine. And uh, Do those squirrels come in your house? Will they, like, walk in here?
0: Yeah, they have been lately.
1: There's a little baby squirrel right yeah, out there. Yeah, my daughters. so
0: cute. My daughters uh, have instigated that because they think that it's cool that rabies doesn't exist because my wife's a redneck. <laughs> so they will f- leave food in here for the squirrels, so the squirrels will come in and out of the man cave.
1: It's so – so, they're looking in like, I think there's normally food here. I don't see any. Yeah. Did you guys get it? I guess we'll come back.
0: Uh, my wife used so to – So you were saying – My wife used to hand feed them. And so my daughters uh, have the uh, – my my youngest has a real connection with animals, like a legit – you're like, oh, fuck. That, that's how that – that's real. That's like Cinderella shit, and so Isla has no fear of animals, and so she'll just straight up leave food right in the man cave so that she can be watching TV, and then the qu- squirrels come in, and she'll be like, "Hey, you know, it's it's so common." It is. It is but it, it freaks but me right, out because but, I'm afraid of rabies. I had yeah. a dream we were catching bats last night, but um, bats freak me. Out. But I was I was in a f- heading to Amsterdam, a couple bottles of wine, and uh, and I listened to you. It's you and Rory, and it's you guys doing the uh, the, the old, famous red fox bit. And Does your
1: audience know that bit? They, they probably don't. Will you tell them a little well, bit? Well, the, the short version of it, there's a legendary story about Red Fox. And I, I think the story has to do with how tightly everything runs in Vegas. Like, the yeah. t- band's told to do this. There's no improvising you do. <laughs> to me, that's what this story is about. So the Red Fox is, you know, playing in somewhere, and he they go, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. And it was in the height of uh, that show he had. What was that called? The and, uh, Son. and Son*. *Sanford Please welcome Red Fox, and they played the theme. Bum bum bam, bum 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 bam, bam bum 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 bam, bam bum bum bum. He walks out. There's a small crowd, and you know he goes, fuck, 30 people. I don't play to fucking 30 people. And he just walked off stage in the band. Bum, bum, bam, bum Bum, bum, bam, 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 But everything's fine. The show's over. The band played. Yeah. They don't think, like, well, maybe we shouldn't play the theme because he really didn't do a show. Play him out play them back off And that's what they fucking did Fuck you I ain't playing for 30 people <laughs> bum, bum, bum 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 So we just did that But until... but for an hour We did it for an hour We for didn't out on it But we did it for an hour For an hour You took the theme
0: music And you guys did your versions Of you doing it You did your versions Of Jerry Seinfeld doing it yeah. Your versions of Red Fox 30 doing people
1: it. I'm not playing for 30 people bum, Or we were like Fuck this shit Fuck this whole goddamn casino <laughs> Fuck you <laughs> Fuck this shit I'm not fucking playing For 30
0: people <laughs> Bum 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 yeah. <laughs> bum bum bum. It, bum, was, bum it was it was like one of those things and what the best part about it and sometimes and I had to introduce my wife to this is that you wouldn't let the joke go, and it got funnier and, funnier and funnier and funnier and funnier and funnier to the place where it didn't get funny anymore, and then it got even funnier than well, that.
1: Well, you know, that is why I think the podcast might have helped my stand-up, because it taught me to trust my instincts. It's, my, it's our garage over there. My wife's going,
0: hey, babe, come here for a sec.
1: You have a garage? Yeah, we have a garage on top of door, this? next door to this. Um, to trust my instincts. The podcast makes you trust your instincts. Yeah. And I don't think it's cute to do things. If I don't think it's funny, you know what we're talking about, I call family guy and the fuck out of it. Yeah. Family guy, the fuck out of it. Now, I know some people might not like the family guy, but they'll still understand what I mean that you just do it. Because I said to somebody once, I go, Did Family Guy ever do anything where you thought they did it too long? And I swear, it's not. I forget who this was with, but they go, Well, once or twice. And I go, Oh, well, then that's, bu- then that's amazing. Yeah. I always think when they're doing it, I think I could, Oh, especially if I'm smoking a little bit. And I'm like, Oh, and they've already done it so long. Tom, I think. This is my wife, Leanne. Hello. We're having the best talk uh there's Thank so there 's so much nice to meet you too there 's
0: so much I would uh, that you need to listen to this podcast okay. it is there 's so much
1: of my We're just personality about in them like preference and like the glass and loving like little things leanne and- leanne loves drinking water out of those glasses. Okay. Well, and I like the crushed ice. Like, there, I, I didn't say it even when you gave it to me. But the other day, uh, remember, I said I don't want to keep buying shit I don't need. Even even though I'm not a, pack we're going rack through by this far, right now. We're going through far, this right now. I still don't. I still might buy things. And I saw ice cube trays that had little round. They made like rounder ice cubes, and I was like, oh, I could see that in the glass being more fun to drink. But I go, you don't need it. And then I come here, and I'm like, that's you know, yeah. The crushed um, ice. I
0: just wanted you to say hi. Okay. Hello. All right.
1: Thank you very much.
0: She watched you uh, all through Last Comic Standing. And so... Where did you meet? Uh, here. she's in Hollywood. What did she, she was do? A, she was a screenwriter. Oh, cool. And she was a successful screenwriter. And then uh, we started dating, got her pregnant, and then... We I needed? We needed to make uh, money. I never talk about that. I never like talking about. I never like saying I got her pregnant and then and then we got married because I always don't. I think like it cheapens the marriage, but it's it. Uh, that's how it happened, and I and I don't want people that went through that experience too to go. Well, that doesn't mean that we're in love. We've been together twelve years. It's not, and I'm absolutely in love with her. So, um, but and then I did that last comic standing season with you, and I was like, uh, and then we watched it. We watched it. The day Georgia was born is the day it premiered. And so uh, our oldest. And so she so was 10 years ago and uh, and she watched you throughout it. And she's like, he must be fluck- fucking hilarious. And all I could tell her was, honestly, one of the main reasons I probably did not move on is because I didn't say anything. I just kept laughing and watching you. The whole time we did that, we got in that bus. I just sat in the back laughing hysterically. Do you remember what you did? I, do, <laughs> do you remember what you did on the plane? But Rick Conkler? No, no. Well, you no. You got on the the fucking stewardess got on the thing and said, "Ladies and gentlemen, we like to well, we'd like to wish all the last Comic standing contestants luck, especially Todd Glass. Todd, we really hope you make it to the next round."
1: Well, there was there, there, there was that, but then we also I'm always obsessed with seeing a PA to get someone to do it. We went over and I was hoping Rick Conkler would laugh at this, and we go, "He maybe it was a different plane, but a different time during the competition." But he, they go, she "It was did, a flight back." It was a flight she back. Did it so good? I couldn't believe it. I thought she was going to freak get to do it she goes ladies and gentlemen on behalf of american and by the way i should tell you rick lost he didn't get advanced at that point is he still doing stand-up yes he does he's living in seattle and um i i had Missed him when I was there, but I know he's doing. I love Rick Conkler, was a very um, sweet guy. He uh, so anyway. So she goes, uh, she did it so great, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're about going in for our you know landing, blah, all that. She goes also on behalf of American Airlines and every Dallas based flight attendant. She went through the whole thing. She goes, Rick Conkler, we want to say you are a loser. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, we were laughing. Like, and Rick goes, he got, he thought it was funny because I got nervous last minute. I'm like, that is he ready for that? You know, he yeah. just didn't get advanced. It, he's not, but um. But yeah, the uh, the uh, last comic standing. Uh, I was glad that Gary was in the house because we just did bits. That's all we did. were bits. Yeah, we just did bits twenty four hours a day. You know, but um, wow, it's it's I got we gotta hang out. We're going we're gonna do it. You know well, what we you, said? We're gonna do it. And you know what? Uh, Dave Rath told me, which I'm gonna tell you now because maybe it'll affect other people. W- w- me and Dave Rath are very dear friends. and went through a period. Dave years Rath has ago. been a very sweet guy to me. He's, he's as long as I've known him, he's done nothing but been absolutely sweet he's the real deal yeah he is the real deal he is a sweetheart he's just everything you need in a human being you know and um but we went through a period we were really close for a while then we went like a five-year period where maybe a year we didn't talk or even see each other and we said let's end that and we did and here's how we ended it no pressure we plan on getting together 50, 60, 70% of the time, it doesn't happen. Light plans. Yeah. But guess what that means? Sometimes it does. Nobody puts pressure. So we don't have to worry if like in a week from now, I'm like, I'm going to call Bert. Yeah. And then I do. And then three days before you can't do it, don't, that, who cares? Yeah. But it's about when you're going to be able to do it. There's going to be that time where you go, fuck, this works out. And that's what we'll do. There's no pressure. You cancel. You can't do it. I'll just start inviting you to things. And there's going to be that time when it happens.
0: I do that. I do that to Joey Diaz. I do that to a bunch of people. Um that I just go, you know what, I'll, I'll send the invite out. I told Joey, I saw Joey yesterday, and uh, I said, hey, why don't I, uh, if, if we do something during the afternoon, I'm going to invite your wife and daughter over. Is that okay? And he's like, of course. And, like, I, I think that that is lost because, you know, I have a lot of friends that are not, that are not comics, and they get my personality, but then a, another comic shows up, and then you watch them like, holy shit, man, that is, that's what it's like in spades. Like, Bert's dialing it down a little bit because there is an, an, an outright silliness to us.
1: that's 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 so interesting a serious silliness it's it's yeah and and then when you that person comes when rory comes then you know you think well who does doesn't everybody know each other overwhelmingly at most of our get-togethers yeah i need to get rory on my podcast he
0: i find him so he's great funny and you introduced me to him and i literally i i i get such a kick out of that guy i have a hard time a lot from him i have a hard time getting um no, i wouldn't say you or rory are alternative comics i would definitely say that about you but you definitely that's the, where you hang out but i have a hard time getting uh guys that don't do like mainstream clubs to get on my shows they think i'm gonna blindside them well so, they won't
1: anymore I, it's, I know it's, yeah, it's yeah, really you, frustrating you know what, though i will say this because i i think like now especially in 2015 uh and believe me i lazily say alternative too but i'm really trying yeah. to stop myself yeah. because it's just now i get why it happened by the way i have a weird theory it's 30 seconds. It wasn't really alternative comedy. It was because I lived through it. Yeah. The, the comedy clubs got out of control. But whenever I said, do you think comedy is going to be around in 10 years? I would always go, of course it is. Is music going to be around in 10 years? Yeah. But there was an oversaturation of clubs, not the love of comedy, the great clubs, most of them, We're still open 30 years later, 20 years later. There's a lot of clubs open for 20, 30 years. And they made it through everything. But there was a period where they were oversaturated. So you couldn't go in because they built these big clubs or they rented these big clubs. Then they couldn't get the audience. So now they were padding them. Everybody knows that. So then they started padding them, and the audiences weren't as good. And it was just weird. These... So they had alternative venues the way I looked at it. And they would go to this weird thing that there wasn't even a PA, but they go, "Yeah, you can do a show in this restaurant in the back room, no, n- you know, a good room, not with any food being served because that would yeah. really mirror what they were getting out of." Or there'd be a lobby somewhere that somebody could got a hold of and I remember like um you know, like uh, Tenacious D, and you know Kyle and Jack and and Sarah and Brian Posehn, and then some of the improv world, like Andy Dick and and uh, and oh, you know I'm I'm only remembering Andy Dick now and and um uh who, whoever the, some of the, uh, yeah. the improv people were Jack we, Black and like all those types of people yeah, yeah. and uh, and Kathy Griffin and 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 we were doing like stand up comedy and bits so you'd see two stand up comedians or a bit or maybe you saw stand up comedy but then uh, somebody played a waiter that's too loud and the Audience, so we merged together in these alternative scenes where we could do whatever we fucking wanted, yeah. and I think there's misconceptions on both sides to this day. I really do. Like somebody goes the other day, they go, hey, "The alternative people, they don't think that they, Kevin James is funny." I go, "Are you sure you fuck? Did you think that?" Because yeah. everyone I know. I most of my comedian friends, like when we casually mention it, because I fucking love Kevin James. Yeah, I do And too. I go, do you just make that up because you thought that he was mainstream? Because, like, you know... I don't think it's as bad. I think there's misconceptions in either side.
0: What so, happened was a bunch of young people came in and decided they wanted to be alternative comedians as opposed to just comedians. I, that's what I think. That's I, what I think the different. And then there were a lot of guys that felt that like they weren't welcomed into certain clubs. Right. So they started just shitting on that
1: scene. Right. And, and how about this? How about we say there's hacks of both scenes? Yes. What's the if we're going to say club hack back in the day? Oh, that would be someone we know just doing bad work at a club. What was being done bad at the alternative scenes? It, you know, people like you just said they—they they didn't let their comedy grow. I'm going to be just irreverent and, and go up and not give a shit. No, just, just yeah, just give you a
0: bunch of different references from '80s sitcoms of the actors that starred in them. Yeah, and everyone's like, oh,
1: that must be funny because I know I recognize that name. Right. But the meat of that scene, what was good about that scene? I always say, I always try. If you don't tell people, you know, I know what you're talking about. Not you. You. yeah. You, yeah, yeah. You, I know what you're talking about, and that does exist. That's when I go outside when I smoke and I'd smoke a cigarette. Yeah. But the days of Largo and the days of well, still, and the UCB and and the meltdown, uh, it doesn't really... I think it shed itself. But when it was where there'd be, like, three or four people on the show, what I call the emperor's clothes, where I was afraid to go, is this fucking... I think they suck, you know? Yeah. So no one said anything. I'd go outside and smoke a cigarette. But why that scene was necessary is 70% of what went on there, I really do think 70% was fucking... Letting guys, like... Paul F. Tompkins, yes, could he work on the road? Yes, could Dana Gould work on the road? Yes, I did. Could could all the but to have a scene where they could really these crowds that came in to watch them have a vehicle where they could flourish and and develop and that's why that scene was great. But now I just think it's well, I think good it's silly. Comedy. I, yeah, I, think, just, it's, I different... think it's
0: silly to differentiate. Although there are still people that do. I I think I've just been a fan of laughing. I like right. laughing. I like laughing, and I and, and I have a distinct laugh that people mock a lot of times. But I, I don't care. I love laughing. I love laughing. I and I and I think that like I got I got the opportunity to hang out with Dana Gould the other day doing someone else's podcast, and I grilled him i you can go t- to tom bernard it's a I, that's where it is but like i grilled him because i just wanted him to make me laugh i grilled him in like all the questions i want to know the answers to and he was fucking hilarious he told me one of the funniest goddamn things i go Are there any jokes from your act that now that you have kids you're that you regret and he goes uh very much i said what one and he said well there's one joke that i had where something i'm fucking it up but he goes and i remember when i was nine my mom came out and said uh Dana is adopted. Nobody loves him. And he goes, and now I have three adopted daughters. And he goes, I wish I had never written that joke. But it was like, I laughed so fucking hard, I almost passed out. I'm a big fan of comedy. I'm a big, and that's, I think that's lost on a lot of people that I offer invites to come to the show on. Is that... I'm never. I'm not a controversial guy. I just like laughing. I like hearing the way people's brains work because my brain's a little different. And that's it. That's it.
1: Yeah. And that's what, well. I, I'm. I'm. I'm very much as, as as we learned through this whole thing. The same thing. Matter of fact, I love when someone goes like. I once in a while I hear someone go. I don't. I can't even watch comedy anymore. I go. Oh, you might be watching the wrong comedy. Yeah, you're watching the wrong maybe because because can I watch all comedy? No. A lot of times I go to the improv and you know, whoever's on stage, they they're they're not horrible. I just can't sit and watch them for half an hour. But they're. There's definitely the guys where I will go into that room. And I wish I could let my laugh, what you do, to say, fuck it, I have a distinct laugh. Sometimes I have to tone it down because I don't want people to think that I'm doing it to get attention by my laugh. And I know in my soul I'm not. I watch Eddie Pepitone perform or guys like that. And I'm like, I I want to, I'm like freaking out. I want to punch things because I, laughter, if, I mean, I'm sure we can say why you laugh, it's to let it out. But when it's so funny and that's not letting it out, well, I can't explode. I'm trying the laughter thing, but now I want to bang things. And at one point I just want to go, ah, I'm going to fucking explode. Yeah. And it has to be. It's not all comedy. But it's definitely guys like, you know, Paul F. Tompkins when he's going. Dana Gould, like Brian Regan, Eddie Pepitone. There's a lot more, too. Eddie Pepitone. The names that are coming to my head. Eddie Pepitone
0: did Last Comic Standing 1, and and my wife, to this day, you could sing it. And my wife would start chiming along. It's one of her favorite bits. Eddie Pepitone. Eddie Pepitone. He borrows money from his sister, (laughs) and he doesn't pay her back. Eddie Pepitone. I I mean, I'm fucking it up, but
1: uh, he is Eddie. He's Eddie Pepitone. One night after I left his show, I went, that's... That's not just stand-up comedy. That's it is stand up comedy and it's art and it's theater and it's a one man show. It is amazing. He he is like and you know what I don't I, I used to, sometimes we say out of respect to those guys. Um, oh, why aren't they? Maybe the we, reason they are where they are and had a late start is because they're so brilliant. That doesn't mean they can't have both. Because yeah. I think he will. I think Eddie is gonna guys like that. Maybe because he didn't have that success early on. And he kept being a great stand-up that his stand-up got better and better and better and better. And he he reinvented himself and he just kept doing it. And I'm sure he gets angry like everybody else. But in the meantime, he always just kept getting better and better and better. And he turned into this fucking Bunsen burner bubbling over with great comedy. And now maybe the course will be that now he'll... It'll he'll get what he probably wanted, what we all wanted twenty years ago. But at least that's what I say about myself, and that's what I'm projecting onto him. I wanted to have more mainstream success twenty years ago, but in the meantime, I became, I am more proud of the stand-up I've become. And if that was the if that was the outcome of that, I'm actually okay with that.
0: Oh, see, I don't like not not that. Um, I no, nah, that sounds horrible to say. But I would never want you to become a movie star. Like, well, I, would, I would never this? want you to become – like, I, I don't – that's, and that's selfish, I think. But, like, I don't want Eddie Pepitone – I don't want other people to know what I – my secret, the secret things I like. I don't – like, it sounds – like, I want people that listen to my podcast. I want people that respect it. But then I feel like it's like the Dave, well, da- Dave Matthews
1: band. Well, here, here's maybe the answer because I talked to a friend of Eddie's about this. It's funny. We're talking about Eddie. But, um, like, once you – let's say Eddie was in a big movie. Yeah. And then you just can't help it. People come out to see you that aren't your hardcore fans. You know, even a good movie, Zach. not even a bad movie. Zach, right,
0: Zach. Zach is Zach is. What. Wh- is I'm gonna say he is, but I haven't seen him do stand up in a while. My favorite guy to watch on stage. He is one of those guys that fucking takes the smallest detail and turns it hilarious, flips it upside down. He's so eccentric and he's so honest, but he's so real and genuine. I mean, he took me on a tour when I the first day I met him. He took me on a tour of his hotel room in the I want to say the Chelsea Hotel or I forget where it was, uh, the Gramercy Park Hotel. He took me on a tour of the hotel room. We were high and he explained to me why it was the best hotel to stay in, and it was that hotel. Is? Gramercy Park Hotel, I think they've changed it into condominiums, but it was old school. It was from like the 70s, and it had like old subway tiles, and it had a bottle beer opener in the bathroom, and and it, and it was like, this guy's fucking fascinating. And, then, and now, it frustrates me when I see a group of guys in Vegas and one guy's dressed with the beard and looks
1: like Zach, and I go, "You're missing what made him genius. Right. You're you just like, and, and you know what? Nothing wrong happened. I hope I I say this like if Zach heard it, he'd go yeah, right. Nothing right. wrong. Nothing happened. wrong happened. Nothing wrong happened. He and 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 also for the naysayers that might go, oh, big problems to have. He's he's very wealthy now. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about definitely when when it was all over, there had to be a point when Zach said. I can't just perform and do what I want to do. Yeah. He can't stop at clubs like the Meltdown because those audiences would have loved him before he yes. was. So that's your outlet. But it's not like, what do you do if you want to go to a 500-seat theater in Milwaukee? Oh, he, if, could do, he could do Kevin hart size venues. Right, but if you wouldn't have tour- the audience. It would, it would, so that's yeah. why we said for Eddie, and I would want the same thing for my career. And maybe I, I sometimes I think, too, why do I talk about this? And I, I don't know. It, it's... I don't know. I just talk about it. Me but too. what do I mean as saying what I want as the next level of success? Um, for me, it would mean just to go, like, I'm going to do comedy till I'm 90. But it would mean I'm, I got enough money in the bank to yeah. live in the home I live in. It's paid. I'm good. I can do – I can always, when I'm 70, make creative decisions – not financial decisions. Yep. That's all I mean, and that doesn't take a lot more than that. Doesn't take a lot, yeah. but I do want that. So that I would like, and I wish that for Eddie too. But you're right. Like I would rather Eddie be comfortable, sort of have what maybe what I want, because yeah, I guess if Eddie, I could see Eddie, and it, and hey, it might, very well might happen. Very well might happen. He's in a movie. It's fucking big. Yeah. He's like Rodney Dangerfield. Kids are like, fuck, just like they are in a small scene. Oh, they yeah, love yeah, him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, okay, but, I can but, see that. But then we both think, oh, would he be able to,
0: would he have those? Because he's brilliant. Would the, would, the, would the sudden bursts of genius that you see explode out of him, would they still happen or would they be manufactured? Or like, would
1: he not be able to do the yeah, like, same he, thing as Zach? Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. You can do both? Sometimes I guess you can do, I guess, you know. I guess they're the be careful of the choices you make because, uh, you know, you want to because I, I, you know, I talked about this with Greg Proops and it's not even a bad show. Sometimes there's a, you know, there's a bad show and they're in it and then it brings out idiots. Sometimes really good shows like, um, uh, we when we perform when I perform with Greg Proops in San Francisco, um, whose line is it anyway? is not a bad show. It's a, you know, it's, 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 it's not like you go, oh, and it would bring out. But there's no doubt that the people that came out to see him from that yeah. were not the same brilliant audience that came out that know him from the podcast. You want to hear something? Other int- people? You hear so something they're brilliant. They're
0: brilliant people. Patrice O'Neill uh, and I and Rich Voss. I've, b- I've talked about Patrice a lot lately. I don't know why. I think cause I'm, my blood pressure is high. But uh, um, he, we were in sc- uh, Scotland at Edinburgh, and he said we need to go see Greg Proops. And I was the guy saying the guy from Who's Line It Is anyway. Like seriously. He's like, dude, you do not know what you're about to see. We sat up in the fucking tops, got free. We were performers, we got in the back, sat in the very top, and I watched a guy. Je- i always thought i was stream of conscious i watched a guy genuinely do stream of conscious and i went oh fuck man i am well behind and patrice is, ha- and patrice was not a generous laugher like he wasn't a guy who sat back like all right everyone's funny he fucking howled and we sat in the back and watched greg Proops. and i was like motherfucker then the next guy i want to see i want to there's a lot of guys i want to go i want to go watch their hour because I-, I i've i've, I've heard literally rave reviews about Chris Titus. And I know nothing about Chris Titus other than you know Titus, the TV yeah. show. But they were like, oh my God. Like, But you're that guy. I'm, I remember the first time I saw you live was opening up for Gary Goldman's Showtime special. You were the crowd warm-up. Jesus warm up. Christ. That was yeah. the first time I ever saw you live. And you said, you, I remember the joke. And by the way, I use it anytime I'm on set. I steal it from you. Anytime I'm on set and it's a big studio audience, I go, guys, that was a great shoot. I want to thank... All the crew, uh, I know I, I'm going to remember the names Steven, Jerry, Billy,
1: Lisa, Lisa, Aaron, Craft Services, Diane, and Carl. Also, I want to thank this. Please give me a second here. Give me a second. There's three ADs Janice, Robert, and uh, John Biederman, and Les, but certainly at least Ken Weinstock, executive producer. And let me tell you something, I didn't forget anybody. Even the door people here tonight, they're just so sweet. And that's John, Bill, a um, uh, Duncan and and Brian. Yep, and I make it all up. <laughs> I do that. I would never do that on stage.
0: But when I when we do like when we do a st- a set, yeah, I love it. I, I love, love it. It's the fucking it, best. Because yeah, I went, I literally <laughs> sat in the audience. I go. God, God damn it, man! He, he really dudes. gives a fuck.
1: He really know How does he do that? And you go. I just made that all. I up. just made it all. I best. do it with Wade Steff at comedy clubs. I go whatever I tell you. Oh, just God. agree. I go if they bring me up a drink. I go Karen, right? And she goes yes. And I go do your parents own the bakery still. And they're like she goes yes. <laughs> but it's all. <laughs> oh, but Greg Proops, yeah. That's those are the guys. <laughs> Karen, right? Your insp- parents like, still own the bakery. <laughs> The first time I saw Greg Proops – and by the way, it was before – I knew always because I saw Greg Proops before Whose Line Is Anyway. Yeah. And those are the guys like Dana Gould that I would just go –
0: By the way, I credit you every time I do that joke. Don't
1: think I don't credit you. Oh, by the you. way, I'm, I am offstage every time banter. I, yeah, every offstage time, banter. And I, I love it because like, I yeah. see a bit like that. I go, oh, I'm doing that. I can't oh, wait to do that.
0: I, I would never do it on stage. I would never do it. But, I, but when, when you do a, a set – like on a set on a TV show and there's that uncomfortableness mm-hmm. and it's a great way to get the crew on your team. The crew thinks you are fucking hilarious. <laughs>
1: they love it. I'm sorry. Keep going. Greg. group groups. No, no. That, that was it. That was it. Um, but yeah. So yeah. The, breaking it down. Like what well, I was saying, why do I talk about that sometimes? But I just think it's like, you know, uh, what I want in my career. I don't look at it like I've I really I genuinely don't. But I had to get there from 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 smart thinking. You know, when I talk about this stuff, I think sometimes it's to remind myself. And I always looked at my comedy like, yeah, I, I wanted You always want more, Um, but you can want more and be happy with what you have. I want more. I'm very happy right now. And I think being happy with what you have sometimes is a process. Uh, Sometimes it's innate inside of you, and other times you have to remind yourself. And the reminder I gave myself, because I've heard comedians not do this, and they're like, they've done comedy, and they make a living. Even when they've been doing it 15 years, and they would be like, I thought I'd be more successful, or they go, I didn't make it. I go, you should reword the way you say that. If you were in high school, and you wanted – to own fifty restaurants, and you went back to your fifteen-year class reunion. You wanted to own fifty restaurants. You went back and you owned twenty-eight. Would you not go? Well, I'm a failure. I wanted fifty. I no, I think people would go. You're on your way. Oh. So that's the way I look at it. Like yes, but you, you, I've, I'm. I've never done anything else except work at a Dairy Queen when I was 16 and 17 years old. So, um, you know, well, I was not having, you know, the the sitcom didn't come my way. I just decided stand-up comedy had been good to me. I know it's a little cheesy the way I'm saying it. It had been good to me. It had really been good to me. So why don't you fucking return the respect and become a better stand-up comedian you know grow learn look at other guys then like fuck you know and and that's sort of what i did in the meantime if i can have this and i'm saying this house like i'll I'll
0: say i'd stay in this house forever we're gonna outgrow it we'd like to buy a new one but you know what i'm happy where i am right now if i could do this do travel channel for the next 20 years and all i want from stand up and this is the by the way all i want is when you go into a club the fucking person of the box office or the manager goes, "Oh, Bert Kreischer." That they, they, they don't that you're not booked at. Like you walk into a club to go, say you go to see, you know, Dana Gould on the road, and you go to Tempe, and you walk in, and they go, "Oh, Todd, hey man, how you doing?" Can we get you a drink? Like j- just that little respect of being a comedian, having pulled off the magic trick that everyone in their head goes, how do you get into that? Having pulled off that magic trick of then now you're in this fraternity of people or uh, an organization of people where you've earned it. You've genuinely earned it and you get the respect of your peers. And, and, and that for me, if I just keep that, I mean it's the only thing I'm proud of. In my, it's the only thing I've really earned is being a comedian. Like How long else, have you done stand up? 15, 16 years. 15 years. Started so. in New York working the door of the Boston Comedy Club. And then did it all through. Did it in New York, then moved to LA, started getting TV, kind of slacked on it, and then. Uh, when all the TV kind of dried up, I was like, I need to go on the fucking road. And so I would do the improv here and there, host for Drew Carey. Um, but uh, but then got on the road. I've been on the road. I've been on the road solid, hundred percent solid for ten years straight. Really? Uh, How often do you come home? Like your 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 house here? Uh, right now, this is a three week sabbatical to get healthy. So like, I'm uh, not drinking, uh, eating clean, working out. You
1: Skype with your kids.
0: Uh, f- Facetime, but, Facetime. I mean, yeah, or Facetime or with ish. the girls. But I, I'm home. I, I like, like I'll be gone all of June. I leave June 5th. Uh, I, I leave June 5th, and I'll be gone. I shouldn't say that out loud. But don't worry, we have a big dog, a gun, and my <laughs> and my wife has a lot of friends. So, uh, but I'll be gone for most of June, a lot of July, and just on the road doing Travel Channel and. Um and just trying to like I don't know, I don't know was, fuck me but but <laughs> but, uh, but seriously Todd I I know it's it's at one twenty six you I, you got to get out of here yeah
1: we're we're good though this was good we're gonna we're it was gonna, a blast you're man. gonna be able to come on a podcast within three months knowing your career I better do it really quick before you go on the road again and uh, and we're gonna get together we're gonna have we're gonna have a night where we're gonna just get I gotta tell you this done. and I can't say this enough
0: you changed my verbiage. About so much stuff in this world, and I think you know what I'm talking about. I do, but just and it, you changed me and my DNA just by being a fan of yours. And I think that and 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 I think you've you've done so much. You've done so much by being a good person. I mean, I'm being serious when I say that, and I don't say this to very many people, but I I think I don't think you I don't I think you should know that when you go to bed, go. God, if I did nothing at the end of the day, a guy like Burkreischer, you know, who maybe can get a million people to listen to him in a year, I changed the way he talks and the way he thinks and the way he respects people and the way he looks at, at, at people in general. And I wasn't a bad person,
1: I was just regular. But right. man, that. It's well, a big fucking thing, man. When, when, when somebody says that to me, I, I, I always think, like, I want them to know, like, that it does not fall on deaf ears. Like, because although I do it just to remind myself, I'm never up on a pedestal. I, most of the things I try to tell people, hey, you know, don't do this anymore. I learned. I had a comedian say years ago, don't. I, the, the example I always give was a comedian a long time ago, Dwayne Cunningham, when someone in the audience dropped the tray. He wasn't telling me – I will give you the 30-second version of this or 60 seconds. He didn't tell me not to do it because yeah. we both agreed. Do whatever you fucking want. Yeah. I always try to preface that because you can't take for granted that people, if they've heard your podcast, they've heard me say this 100 other times. Yeah. You, that's my fear. that they're Yeah, gonna, yeah we get it, Todd. No one is saying there should be rules for comedy. Nobody. If anybody ever says there should be what a rule, what a comedian can do and what can't do, don't expect me to fucking show up. Yeah. There's, a, there's a twist that comes at the end that some comedians don't like. But do whatever you fucking want. Every goddamn thing can be funny. Everything. Yeah. No goddamn rules at all. But that doesn't mean you can't have your own pulse of what's right and wrong. Right. I'm defending your right to do it. But sometimes you should, if you're doing comedy a long time, be able to evolve past a joke or go, I shouldn't say that anymore. It doesn't mean you were a bad person because you said it. You didn't know. Yeah. You know once someone tells you why, though. Yeah. And the thing with me was I said, I just did it. it was, and By the way, it's not only did I do it, but it's not even a clever joke. It's a shitty hack joke. I took a stock joke. When someone would drop a dre- tray, I would say, oh, is one of Jerry's kids here? Yeah. Now, 1985, anybody else that Dwayne Cunningham would probably say, he said it with not yelling at me, almost shoulders down, like, oh, I hate to be this guy. But he goes, Todd. But a lot of other comedians would have been like, oh, my God, you can't say anything anymore. No, yeah. you can say anything. God damn it. You can't say anything. No matter what you fucking say, you will not go to jail. Lenny Bruce fucking did his job or anybody like that. And, he, and they, and they should have. because you. But again... We're not talking about should you be able to say anything. Now, do you want to? And here's what he said. He didn't say all that. He went, Jerry's kids shouldn't be the representative. You represent clumsy. Someone drops a tray. Oh, Jerry's kids are here. He goes, they're brilliant people that have muscular problems. And guess what? It made sense. It made sense. He was more surprised that I wasn't. I think he came to me like, "Uh, he would probably done it before and got, oh, relax. But I thought, oh yeah, I don't want to say Jerry's kids and they're like, they yeah. symbolize, that's the, they're the, pro, what, adjective for clumsy? So from him doing that for me, like you said, we don't have to go longer than that. There's a lot of other verbiage. Most of it I did have in my act. Most things that I tell, I would say, there's a few that I never did it, but most I go, yeah, I use that word. I used to say that. So the question isn't, should you be able to? The question is, usually once you learn someone's plight, will you want to? Yeah. You want to. Someone goes, Why'd you drop that act? Did someone make you? Oh no. No one makes me do anything. Fuck everybody. I do what I want. Yeah. I wanted to drop it out of my act. Yep. I want to evolve as a human being. I want to go, oh yeah, that's not that's I can do better than that. Why would you be proud if you didn't? Who would want to have an act after thirty years and go Oh yeah, everything I did from the beginning Oh, you must have not how a growth Unless you got rid of some things Some because they became hack Others, socially yeah. You should socially grow and go Oh yeah, I don't want to do that anymore So why would I, why I appreciate would I, that I no. really do appreciate that it, it warms my heart And sometimes when I think Todd, just do your fucking comedy and shut up But I don't do it on stage as much. I do do it on the podcast. So when you say that to me, it it really warms my heart, and and I very, very much appreciate it. I really do. Don't mention it, man.
0: Thank you. Thank you for being Todd Glass. Thank you. I'll talk to you. Uh, we'll do. I'll do your podcast. Yeah. I, I can't wait.
1: Oh, that's gonna happen. Want, definitely. You're gonna, I'm gonna make you. We're gonna have. We're gonna. It's. It's not gonna be a regular night. It's gonna be one of those nights. I want to yeah. make sure we are ready to just get so fucking silly. I want you to Uber it. Maybe. Maybe we could do a yeah. sleepover where I do that sometimes. <laughs> where I have people at my house and then we do a sleepover. We do the traditional podcast yeah. in the studio. Then in my house we do a sleepover. And it is joy. <laughs> I've only done it.